Welcome to the Battleground Wisconsin podcast. My name is Matt Brusky and I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action and welcome to another week from Wisconsin. We have our full panel here in the recording studio and that includes Jorna Taylor. Jorna is a nonprofit consultant here in Wisconsin. Jorna. Good morning from windy Wisconsin. Oh, windy, cold and rainy. Robert Craig is also with us. Robert is the Executive Director here at Citizen Action. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, everyone. So it's a big day here at Citizen Action. We're releasing a new report on the costs between Minnesota and Wisconsin uh, on the new, ex- uh, or excuse me, the new costs on the exchange. We're going to talk more about that later in the podcast. But uh, we want to get started by talking about WEDEC. You know, I feel like, you know, we this is kind of Groundhog's Day. I'm living in the Bill Murray movie here. Um, but we talk about this every week. But there's big bigger news this week, and I want to kind of review. Uh, The week started off with last week, uh, three vice presidents uh, left, and the turnover of WEDEC, which we've talked about, uh, continued. And then this week, um, we had uh, Senator Baldwin announcing that she was going to call for a federal investigation into uh, three different loans that were made that we talked about in the past. Um, And then we had the bigger news uh, yesterday, The day started with Voss suggesting he wanted to rebrand WEDEC, and I think that he found out very quickly that that was a terrible idea, and ended with him and other Republicans suggesting that they're open to basically completely redoing WEDEC, potentially, or overhauling it. Uh, No details received, so this is actually huge news. Um, I want to kick it to the panel. This is we're obvi- this is a cynical group when it comes to the Walker administration and these Republicans for good reason. How serious should we take this? Um, I mean, how are, what what do, what do you think that they're actually going to do about this? And they say they're going to engage the Democrats. Jorna, uh, <laughs> we want to start with you on your thoughts on what this may mean. Well, obviously, the drumbeat has been kept up for the past year plus, two years, because we've been talking about it just about every week on this podcast. And while Democrats have put forth some opposition to WEDAC and made some noise, um, frankly, the Republicans just walked in and scooped this issue out from underneath Democrats. Um, it's uh, you know a missed opportunity, I think, for um, progressives to really engage have put forth more solid plans to to redefine what WEDAC should be doing as an agency or, you know, frankly, going away. Um, you know, I think it's, it's interesting that during Scott Walker's announcement back in April when he was uh, announcing his bid for the shortest presidential campaign in <laughs> United States history, um, that he actually said that Governor Doyle couldn't find time to you know, bring jobs to Wisconsin because he was too busy. And I'm really not sure what Scott Walker has been doing for the past, you know, eight months, year of his ill-fated presidential run. So, so interesting point, right? This idea that Voss has really come in and is kind of grabbing hold of this and making sure this, or at least trying to put an end to what has been, quite frankly, a a bloodletting. Yes, (laughs) for them. Now, I guess I would like to get your response. The Democrats, we, we talked about this about a month ago. Uh, Lhasa and uh, Barca introduced something that would split it and, and bring some parts of it back into the state government. Uh, and they're going to supposedly be engaged here. Do you see, I mean, 
shouldn't this be an opportunity to maybe pick up that mantle and actually try to drive the discussion here and, and, and try to lay out some progressive uh, objectives that they would like to see, and, and even if it doesn't happen, to at least get it out into this discussion. There's absolutely an opportunity, as long as it has actual teeth. Yep. Um, it can't just be a bunch of sound bites about how Wisconsin and the Walker administration has failed. We have to, we progressives, we Democrats, have to put forward something that has real plans behind it and how we're going to move the state forward, not just we oppose what you're doing. All right, Robert. Obviously, uh, what, are, what are your thoughts? Well, I assume my esteemed colleague Jorna doesn't mean when she says it was a missed opportunity that citizen action doesn't have a plan. <laughs> never, no, you should have been never. listening. She talked about that early on that we, we have, have been talking about. Economic it. opportunity agenda, which yes. lays out what we should do in equity development, which is actually focus on creating good jobs where they need most and make all the money tied to that standard and actually have a, a plan for how we're going to turn around the slide where we are producing almost all poverty wage jobs, and we lost during the Great Recession almost all middle-class jobs. And, and I'll let our listeners know, we will have a link to that economic agenda on the podcast website. Yeah, Brian is nodding that that no, will be you made bet. available, um, our producer. So it's hard to say here because this could be a, a charade where they're going to – because the fundamental problem with WEDEC, as bad as the – uh, mismanagement is as bad as the violation of federal law are the possible pay to play, which is why Senator Baldwin is asking the Department of Justice now to investigate WEDEC. Um, there's a fundamental flaw in the whole approach. They don't track whether companies are creating jobs or not because they don't think that's the point. They think it's good for Wisconsin, good for everyone if we just help well, well connected CEOs and large corporations and pick sides, period. And so a new agency might well be that way. Is it going to have any standards for how good the jobs are, whether they're, where they're produced, whether they're produced in the areas of the most need, whether we have a strategy for investing in the things that will produce the most economic impact in terms of opportunity long term, all the kind of things you would be thinking about, right? Um, I asked the uh, head of the uh, water cluster, There's a, they, they think in clusters and economic development these days, how many jobs have been created by the massive public investment in Milwaukee right near our office in a water cluster, water technology cluster. He did not know, but he pointed to property values going up, and he pointed to the fact that there were a lot of new restaurants and bars in the area. This is the same neighborhood Citizen Action is in, which may or may not be related that, to that. That is true. That they're is lovely. inaccurate. I don't know if they're all can be uh, given <laughs> the water technology cluster can be given credit for all of them. Uh, Beer, water. <laughs> open question. There you go. Uh, so, and then the second question is, so will it be serious? Will, they do, will it really be a rebranding in the guise of a recreation of a, of a new thing? Uh, will it have any serious reforms? And then the second question is, and we'll have a strategy, uh, where will the big decider, Governor Walker, come down? Because it, uh, Representative Voss, especially now that there's more of a vacuum as Walker is weaker after his embarrassing presidential run, uh, is, does have the ability to go out and speak, but then Walker may go and step on what he says and, uh, and, and dismantle it in some way. So until the decider, quote-unquote, says, I was wrong, we need to change this, and here's how. It's unclear how this will unfold. It's very interesting that Voss is willing to say this, but yeah, this is a long way from having a serious economic strategy for Wisconsin. Yeah, I, I think, look, I'm, I'm concerned, of course, that I don't think he's fully serious about what they want to do, and I think it is much more of a rebranding. I think that was probably almost a slip of the tongue earlier. And it's, yeah, yeah, but clearly, look, I mean, Jorna, you're right on that they've, 
realize that this is a problem and they need to get on it and it could because it could become a much bigger problem right it already is um it's one of the reasons he may have actually changed uh, his tone is I, I, we need to read these quotes from Weedek. Weedek itself, in its response, um, is unbelievable. So, in response to questions why the agency didn't reach out to Kraft Heinz, Hogan, who's uh, you know the head of this, acknowledged. This is a quote. It's what we say we do, and we should make sure we're refocused on it and learn from everything that happens. Doesn't even answer the question. And then the chief operating officer, uh, Trisha Braun, further went on to confuse by saying that uh, local economic development agencies and municipalities are typically the boots on the ground that alert WEDEC about distressed businesses, which is crazy. But then further went on to say, uh, that this week the agency reached out to an Italian company with operations in Missouri that uh, brought to bring a company to Green Bay. What? Like it's uh, what? Yeah. Complete cha- huh? Change the subject. This is like not even credible response to very serious questions about what went on. It's it's she does not credible. Here to be saying that poaching new companies is in Weedex, um, uh, Bailiwick and Purview, <laughs> though I can't name any major one that created mass number of jobs, unless it was on the border and moved 12 miles, I'm thinking about E-Line. But then uh, the question is, really the local community, so Madison is supposed to figure out how to deal with this big multinational corporation, or is that what we pay WEDEC to do? Or would WEDEC at least, even if it needed help from local officials, be the, uh, this is what we do in our staff actually, the one that is point, that at least has to make sure it happens. It's crap. Right. The response is crap, and you know, like if I was from the weird, yeah. If I was Voss and I saw that quote during the day, I might have changed my name and be like, I, you know what, I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. They're not even responding, uh, even remotely to what the question was asked. So actually, opportunities back to sort of looking forward. Um, huge opportunity here because I do think that they're going to want to just sort of rebrand and make some changes within WEDEC. Democrats need to get out and talk again about why we need a strong state agency to have public accountability for this, to deal with what Robert said is what, you know, so you don't get this mission drift and, and not a real clear objective about creating good jobs. Well, and I think to go back to what Robert said, yes, Citizen Action has been out there with a great economic development plan to move the state forward. And there are other organizations across the state that are working on really great policy with real teeth behind it that I would ask our legislators as we go into 2016 where there is a heightened opportunity and I on Wisconsin due to the presidential, whether we like it or not, um, that we work together more closely to put meat behind these proposals and not just spend the next year having sound bites come across with nothing behind it or be the party of not that but nothing. So again, I encourage our listeners to go check out our agenda and what we're proposing and what we think can be done immediately as it relates to WEDEC, but what are other things the state and ought to be doing to create opportunity. One thing to follow up on, Jorna, uh, quickly is, is that the people of Wisconsin, just the average person whose wages have stagnated, on average gone down 14% since the year 2000 in real terms and wondering whether their job will stay and what happens if that happens, Right. Um, they're not really concerned about this alphabet soup WEDEC thing. Mm -mm. They're concerned about who is going to uh, make a compelling case that they know how to create more opportunity in this state again so that we can again believe we used to have the faith that our children do better than we did. 
And so that's the issue, not it, it's called WIDEC, it's called something else, it, it's, it's semi-public, it's semi-private, all of this stuff, right? But we know that it's not mission drift per se, it is rigging the system against average people uh, in favor of large corporations and CEOs who do not have a mission to create jobs. The creation of jobs, this is Economics 101, is a byproduct of capitalism and, and large corporations because they'll create the jobs if it helps them make profit. If it does not, then they do not. And same with good jobs. And so we need to understand the only entity in our, in our society that should care about overall economic opportunity on the whole for everyone is our own democratic government, which we elect and which is supposed to represent our interests. So we are going to shift gears just a bit. We're going to stay here in the state and legislation and talk a little bit about the bills that passed late Friday night, I believe it was after midnight. Um, we have talked extensively the past two or three podcasts about these bills that essentially would end uh, ending the nonpartisan government accountability board and really fundamentally changing our campaign finance laws and making it able for folks to donate unlimited amounts essentially and have uh, increased corruption. Um, what's most important to that we wanted to point out was the disappointment are the lion of ripon wondering if you'd bring that up yes the lion of ripon luther olson talking a good game talking you know how this was really a bad bill and he was super concerned about the idea that we were uh, not going to have uh, uh, people's uh, employer written down and he caves and so did all of them except for jorna who's our one republican coles right Senator Coles was the only one. And so there were a number, and it's most unfortunate because I, I want to say thank you to everybody who called. There were tons of people. We had hundreds of calls into state senators' offices. Um, and, you know, they unfortunately caved to, uh, to, to, the, to, the, to the power of the Walker uh, And movement. listeners, if you were in uh, the Lions district, we'd love to hear back what he's saying to oh, constituents. Yes. It, it's like the, uh, the senators that were in opposition. You know, they were being lions and they were roaring and then they kind of rolled over and wanted their bellies rubbed. <laughs> and, you know, Scott meow, and, Scott, and, Scott and the Koch brothers rubbing their later. bellies. <laughs> yes. Well, look, you know, we're not going to spend an undue amount of time on this. This is extremely disappointing, right? And of course, you know, we've been pretty clear about how we think this is, uh, these are awful pieces of legislation. Uh, with that, though, we are going to talk about this report that Citizen Action is putting out today. And um, it is not the first time we have done this report. It is a report that's looking at the cost differences between Wisconsin on the marketplace that just was announced, the prices just recently, uh, versus Minnesota. And, uh, Robert, findings aren't good, are they? Well, yes. The numbers, as usual, are not good. And before I start, I want to give a shout-out to our lead organizer, Kevin Kane, who tirelessly crunched all these numbers and did so in the previous reports as well. And the difference this year is there's been a lot of discussion about Minnesota premiums going up among the highest in the country, not in terms of their pre what the premium is, but the percentage of increase. And what has not been ignored in this media cycle is, is that people – People's cost is more than premiums. 
what the copays they pay, like deductibles, et cetera, are also a significant factor. And so we looked at copays and deductibles. It actually turns out that Minnesota encouraged uh, uh, companies to raise premiums instead of deductibles if they had to make, a, make an increase uh, because uh, tax credits go more to premiums for more people than for deductibles. So the tax credit parts of the Affordable Care Act would help you more if your premiums went up than if your deductibles went up. And so the difference is, is that the deductibles in Wisconsin went up 47%. I repeat that, 47%. Uh, for this year, uh, they went up less in was in um, less in Minnesota, and so the result is that if you put them together, remember keeping this is keeping two ideas together. If you put deductibles and that's hard, Robert. Yes, Please, and premiums right. together, that Wisconsin was forty three percent more expensive in twenty fifteen. Uh, than Minnesota. Now it's 47% higher. So the news that has not been in the media at all is, is that it's getting worse in Wisconsin than Minnesota. And Minnesota, of course, started much lower. And so the result is a very large gap. So if you live just across the border, you do much better. The other big le lesson here, and we can get into this a little more, is, is that the way the Affordable Care Act was set up, it left a lot of authority to the states. People know about the authority to take the Medicaid money. The Supreme Court actually created that loophole. But a lot of things depend upon the states taking action. And Wisconsin's stance has been, our health care policy is we're against Obamacare. We want to repeal it and obstruct it. Whereas Minnesota has built upon it, taken the Medicaid money, gone even farther, further, and taken a basic health plan that gets you even higher as far as eligibility for a Medicaid-like program, um, and has done very rigorous rate review, and is thinking about active purchasing, which means actually negotiating for price. And so as a result, they have taken advantage. They've moved beyond the Affordable Care Act. Their insurance costs are lower, whereas in Wisconsin, by not taking the Medicaid money, by not doing serious rate review, by actually not doing anything other than praise the insurance industry, which is what the Walker's Insurance Commissioner's Office is all about, we have the fourth highest uh, individual market rates in the country uh, for insurance. That's in 2015 numbers. It may be even worse in 2016 once we have the national comparison. And so... Since this is a huge issue, I Joe Jorna knows that voters care a lot about health care cost. So if we cut this issue right, we can put substantial pressure on the obstructionists that they're the cause of health care costs going up. You know what they're going to say? They're going to say, it's all Obamacare's fault. It's all Obamacare's fault. When, in fact, Minnesota shows that if you're constructive and move forward and go beyond the old debate of five years ago, you can actually start to reduce health care health insurance costs in your state. So as a voter... Robert. Are you a voter? I'm a voter. Okay, good, I good. vote Just early and often. Hey, stop it. <laughs> um, but only once per election. So oh. as a as a voter that you reference, Robert, who is actually on the exchange, what you're saying is that Per month, my health care costs, if I lived in Minnesota, just across the border, would be about $150 less than what I'm paying right now, if I'm doing the maths correctly. Gap's a little higher. So in Wisconsin, okay. it's 8422 per year. Mm -hmm. And in Minnesota, it's 5711 per year adjusted. Now, by the way... This varies also dramatically as to where you live. It's worse in Milwaukee. So maybe Matt wants to point out uh, that the difference is four thousand seven hundred and one dollars. So you it's folks higher, even higher in Eau Claire, Wausau, uh, Milwaukee, La Crosse, places like that. It's even worse, superior. The, the amount of um, of horse clothing that I could buy for Reno and George, George, with that extra money would would be phenomenal. But but seriously, that is this is appalling because that's money that I could be reinvesting in the economy, 
into goods and services, into going out to dinner, into retail. Um, I do I do like me some retail shopping from time to time. So, uh, you know, once again, Wisconsin uh, falling far, far below its counterpart in Minnesota in providing opportunities for Wisconsinites because we're not providing affordable access to health care when we could be. And I believe, because uh, great minds think alike, that Kevin Kane, our, our lead organizer on the on the media conference call we're going to have, is going to make such an analogy as what you could buy. Horse and tech. I, I may give this wrong, <laughs> different analogy. I think he's going to say that if you lived in Superior, you could afford a, a semester of tuition at UW-Madison plus two round-trip uh, plane tickets back and forth to see your parents. And uh, a new saddle. Right. <laughs> Maybe a new saddle, too. The, sure. the, other, the other reality here is... You price yourself out at some point, right? People are just not going to cover themselves, and they're going to take the penalty. Yep. Um, and, and the more this gets expensive, the more this isn't the Affordable Care Act. And as one cartoon said it, it's the uh, – what was it? The um, so not, not the Affordable Care Act. I, for, the, I for, Was um, it the Accessible, accessible care, the avail- care The Available, available Care the available Act, available right? Care Act. And, and we, can't, we can't let that happen, right? I mean, that's why – it's very critical, and it's important that this research get out that we we go after the cost because it's one thing, and and it, we definitely have made healthcare more available and more people actually having it. But these kinds of prices unnecessarily put it out of the reach of many people. And this time, uh, this week, we're going to be while well, releasing the data and doing a lot of media around that. We're going to be talking about taking the Badger Care money, which actually inf- infects private insurance rates as well. And we're going to talk about rate review, but. A little teaser, uh, Kevin Kane and I just came back from a big summit in New Orleans with a lot of the top healthcare experts in the country around the states and national level, and we have a whole lot of new things Wisconsin could do that we'll be rolling out next year working with uh, legislators that care about healthcare costs. And speaking of other states, uh, particularly red states or you know, not necessarily uh, Democratic or progressive states uh, taking the Medicaid. This week, uh, Montana announced that over 5,500 people signed up uh, as they opened up their Medicaid exchange uh, and accepted that federal money in the first week. They're, then they're expecting over 20,000 people to sign up. So uh, other states are moving and, on, and we can too. And Colorado is putting uh, Medicare for All, also known as single payer, though that's not great framing, on the ballot. In Colorado, they got over 150,000 signatures. They're all high there anyway. Oh, yes. And we so know. I think we're continuing to have problems regulating insurance companies. and they can, We continue to have trouble not only because of their overhead, but because they have this proclivity to want to game the system and uh, actually invest in, actually do things, like not cover things that would save a lot of money just to, so they can save money short term. Uh, and so I think it's really important that insurance companies be held accountable by having to compete. And so the threat of, uh, of uh, cutting them out is very important. So kudos to all the people in Colorado who are working on that initiative. So again, thanks to our researcher and uh, I guess I'd say organizer extraordinaire, Kevin Kane, for uh, doing this research and getting this out this week. Um, with that, Jorna, yeah. you are our official uh, leader of Paul Ryan Watch. Ryan Watch. Ryan Watch. Ryan Watch 2015, 2016. Yes. Okay. Jingle. Jingle Jingle coming from our producer. Ryan Watch. Ryan Watch. So, Jorna, what's uh, what's going on in Ryan Watch this week? Well, the nation's love affair. Continues. It, it is a love affair. It really is. It is you know, and, is. and this week it came from um, one of the nation's more 
liberal associated. The New York Times. The, uh, publications. The New York Times, where uh, Jennifer Steinhauer wrote a love letter it's to a fa- it is fawning. the newly elected <laughs> speaker on Tuesday, talking about how Paul Ryan even though he's speaker, sleeps in his congressional office, not the speaker's office because John Boehner smoked in it. And it Which is smells. an interesting <laughs> piece of insight. We appreciate her for that. Um, but, you know, I think, and it, and it goes on to talk about how, you know, he's saving money and he's so committed to his job and it references, you know, 50 odd other elected officials in Washington that either don't want to pay for hotels or an overpriced DC apartment or, you know, saving money, things like that. But I think it's fascinating to watch the framing of Paul Ryan as it continues to be just this average guy who, you know, references how his home is in Janesville and DC isn't home and he's just there to get the people's business done and what a hard worker he is. I mean, it's brilliant, frankly. Yeah. And and everyday voters, you know, can't blame a guy who sleeps in his office to save some money and is just there and then wants to get back home to his family. So I think this is something to watch in the overall narrative as Paul Ryan ascends in his duties as speaker uh, to see if they start to to capitalize on this even more than they already have. Yeah, in fact, he's uh, he, he really quite brilliantly lays it out when he says, I live in Janesville. Mm-hmm. I don't live in Washington, D.C., which everybody knows that that kind of stuff plays but yeah we'll put a link to that new york times article or love letter as you call it uh, robert you were going to say something well i'm just going to say that uh and we just have to deal with how politics works and how the cult of personality works but uh there it's a serious error in judgment it's called the halo effect when you say if there's some good things about an individual that right. therefore they're good overall right so it is, we have to understand that it's entirely possible. I like not spending the money on the hotels, right? We if, know that, Robert. If Robert was in Congress, Robert <laughs> would do the same thing. But it doesn't mean that Ryan w- intends well for Medicare. Right. Uh, and that's how we do. And so uh, ultimately, though, we have to make that case in compelling terms, not with data and statistics. But he is a very effective politician. He should not be underestimated. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say at this point, he appears to be, as far as the talent on the right in Wisconsin, a far more effective politician than Governor Walker proved to be. Robert, it's interesting that you would mention that about uh, your and Paul Ryan's affinity. I was actually reading the article, and I was beginning to think that you might be Paul Ryan, actually. Let me, let me read this little little section here. He talks about how he... I just work here. I don't live there. I get up early in the morning. I work out. I work until 11.30 at night. I go to bed. I do the same thing the next day. Paul Ryan furloughs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so so look, here, One. this is an incredibly compelling narrative, right? And, of course, uh, that's part of why he wants to get this story out, right? It, it makes him look like a very hardworking, frugal individual. But it's also part of why he's very dangerous, right, in many ways. So That, um, speaks, that speaks to everyday voters. It's why he's had a stranglehold yeah. on the first congressional district since 1998, frankly. And that little help with gerrymandering. <laughs> Just a little bit. Details, but Robert. Details. <laughs> we will continue to watch Paul Ryan, and we thank Jorna for taking the lead on that. Um, so there's a couple of other things we want to briefly mention before we go, and we want to talk about the Fight for 15 rallies that occurred all over the country this week that um, Citizen Action uh, participated in here in Wisconsin, uh, particularly in Milwaukee, where there were over 1,200 uh, people that came out and from all different kinds of organizations. So a shout out to all of the workers who uh, went on strike 
and helped organize that event um, in all the different organizations. Uh, great job. Uh, and it definitely set up a contrast. The first question, Robert, in the Republican debate was about $15 an hour in the minimum wage and and openly mentioned what was going on in, 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 in the streets in Milwaukee and around the country. Um, were you impressed at all with the responses? I'm sure not, nobody was shocked, but um, I'm it certainly got with, onto the agenda. I'm impressed with the responses of the workers and average people. Uh, <laughs> uh, apparently, Donald Trump says it's just not possible. It's not. And, Can't and people are just going to have to work really hard and get up to the upper echelon. So he doesn't have any plan for it, that being possible. It means some heroic individuals will make it, and the others, well, tough luck, tough right? Luck. Uh, imagine, though, if we cut off... Uh, uh, Donald Trump's uh, avenues to success, I believe that it would be an outrage, and it must, it, must, it will not stand. And then Ben Carson, Ugh. again, yeah. Ben Carson has some. He's sort of like Ryan. He has some appealing qualities as far as his life story, but to so misunderstand his own life story, right? And the and the and the plight of everyone else who who started as he did is just stunning. And I, I actually think it's so bad that it that it, it reflects horrendously on his character. But literally he's he says people need to be paid low wages because uh, in order to keep unemployment down. But he has no plan in his philosophy since they're making this great sacrifice to help the whole economy. What does Ben Carson offer them? Well apparently it's still your fault. Look, Ben uh, Carson was factually incorrect about what he had to say about the minimum right. wage and when it goes up. That you know, he, well, it facts just was, are not a big well, thing. Well, I was with, with, completely. With ben. Yeah, yeah, uh, ben Carson has a, a strange relationship with the truth regarding both facts about the economy and the world, and oh, his own life and and what he has done. So, um, <coughs> West Point. <coughs> yeah. mm. Anyway, um, I actually kind of enjoy watching Ben Carson plummet because I'm. As, you, as I have mentioned before, I am fascinated with anyone who thinks that he is an actual legitimate candidate for president. So shout out to everyone who was out there and yep. who helped uh, you know, make sure that that is on the agenda. And in particular, Wisconsin Jobs Now uh, and Voces de la Frontera, who turned out a significant group, and SEIU, and particularly the janitors here in Milwaukee, um, who are fighting to try to get some of their members back who were who were basically fired from some downtown buildings. So, um, and a non shout out to the media. Um, why are why are three? Hey, oh, take that back. In. Why are three outlying individuals trying to burn a flag more newsworthy right. Right. than digging into the the wage crisis and the job crisis we have, or actually interviewing all of the actual workers who came out in order to have their voice heard in our democracy? So yeah. I'm not blaming the people who tried to burn. I mean, people are it's a free country, right? I'm saying that why the heck is that been a three day media story? Yeah, anyways. <laughs> but when I and by the way, when I when I see that, one of the first things I think of is I think of the Beastie Boys sabotage. But anyways, nonetheless, uh, as we relate to that. One other topic that we want to briefly mention to folks is um, it's a situation that um, may not uh, be it's not a good situation up in Kohler. And that is there's a potential that the UAW could uh, go out on strike. The workers up there um, have not seen increases in over five years and are trying to get a little piece of some economic opportunity for themselves up there. Uh, there'll be a vote, I believe, over the weekend on that. Uh, and, that so, and just so you know, that, that union is an affiliate. Correct. Affiliate Cisnaction, and their and president is a podcast listener. So. Oh, well, that's I, I, yeah, that's yeah. absolutely 
absolutely right. In fact, I spoke up there uh, about a year ago. Uh, excellent local, and it's and of course uh, so we'll amazing. Say right off, if 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 they're interested in having a worker yeah. come on or a leader, we'd we'd love to we'd yeah. love to cover it from the podcast. If things don't work out before the end yeah. of the week and folks are on strike, we would love to have them on next week and make sure people are well aware. Uh, and, and get on top of support for them. So with that, we are going to move to the weekend furlough journa. What are you doing? Well, like Robert and Paul Ryan, Uh-oh. I'm going to work out and work. Nice. <laughs> what, so what is, what, where's work? What does work take you to this weekend? Actually, uh, this weekend I am going to judge a horse show. That's not work. That, okay. Well, that's true. It's actually fun. Um, up in Sun Prairie. And I'm going to spend some quality time with everybody's favorite horses, George and Reno. I'm not so sure that George is a favorite anymore. He's, oh, my goodness. He called me over the week and was not happy. Um, my barn owner accused George of having an alien. He's so <laughs> fat <laughs> right now. <laughs> Robert, what are you doing? Well, I'm going to go up to the Dells with my brother's family and get to room with my nephews, or at least some of them. I'm not sure all of them, but uh, that's that's the uh, that's the arrangement. Robert at a water park. News at 10. That's right. And I've got to well, buy some excellent food for our microbrew fundraiser, uh, which is next Wednesday. That's maybe, right. Uh, so... Uh, maybe on the way back. Excellent, excellent. I will also be in the Dells, Robert, this weekend. Our uh, AMA District 16 Annual Awards Banquet is Saturday evening, so uh, the whole family will be headed up there for that, and obviously looking forward to seeing some friends we haven't seen in a couple of months already since uh, our last uh, district race. With that, we want to thank Brian Woolrich for making the podcast happen every week, and we will see y'all next week here at the Battleground Wisconsin.